where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday! <laughs> Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. A research and development director at Pfizer admits on camera that Pfizer is having conversations about mutating COVID on their own in order to create more injections and profit over making people sick. When confronted about it, he threw a temper tantrum, tripped all over his own lies, which is standard leftist tactical maneuver. A number of major Canadian cities unveil their plans to move forward with the 15-minute city initiative. If you don't know what that means, we'll unpack it for you. Suffice it to say, it's an unholy concoction of climate alarmism, a little neo-Marxism, and tyrannical totalitarianism. Basically the prologue to every dystopian movie ever made. And finally, Canada, which is no longer in the top 10 countries in the world according to freedom indexes, does lead the world in one key way. Harvesting organs from victims of doctor-assisted murder and suicide. Truly ghastly stuff here. The theme of our episode is the gain experienced by our elite establishment, all at the expense of the average citizen. They will quash our freedoms, destroy our economies, make us sick, and yes, even kill us to further their godless agenda. With this week being the anniversary of the start of the Freedom Convoy, I would like to take this time to say to Big Pharma, Big Tech, and the state, honk! It's January 31st. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is the Liberty Dispatch. Welcome to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. As always, we are so excited that you have joined us on the program. And as Andrews mentioned, we have some spicy things to cover on today's program. So we really do appreciate you checking us out. Whether you're checking us out on our YouTube page at Liberty for Canada, that's our handle over at YouTube, or you're checking us out um, on a Rumble page, which is user slash Liberty Coalition Canada, which you can see at the bottom of the screen there, we would ask that you would subscribe, rate, review, hit that uh, notification button because it helps us continue to grow our reach, continue to get our content out to more people, and to continue to push back against the mainstream narrative. We are partnered with a bunch of lovely people doing wonderful work and doing great podcasts on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, flfnetwork.com, which you can, if you would like, get that straight on your phone through the Google Play or the Apple App Store respectively you can download our programs you can get everything straight on your phone on demand via that app so we would ask you to go check that out in your app store whether google or apple apps check out the fight laugh feast app 
it is definitely something you're going to want to have on your phone so you can easily get our content wherever you are at. Also, all our content is over at libertycoalitioncanada.com. That is our website, which you can, at the bottom of the page, sign up for our email list to stay in contact with us. And at the top of the page, you can hit that donate button. We do really appreciate you doing that um, because that's how we continue to build and grow this institution is there's the, the frankly, there's tons of money, tons of time going into ensuring that your rights and freedoms are being encroached upon. And we would just ask if you would consider fighting back, pushing back against a bunch of these leftist institutions that have been captured by the long march through the institutions via the Marxists, um, that we can continue to build and fight and push back against so much of what's going down in our culture because the the fact of the matter is we have to put our money with our where our mouth is we have to stop supporting people who hate us and hate our uh, our liberties and hate our way of life and we have to absolutely band together and fight back against this and you can partner with us in doing that by helping support us at libertycoalitioncanada.com scanning that QR code right at the bottom of the page there and leaving a donation preferably monthly that would be wonderful also finally please reach out to us for the podcast or any programming questions or concerns direct them to mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. That's mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. So we would suggest that you would go over there and check that out. Yeah, for uh, for today's mailbag question, I have a question for our audience that's very serious, very important, very timely, where we need to approach this with <laughs> the sober-mindedness it deserves. And the question is... What do you think about the new digs? What do you yeah. think? Yeah, go, you, go full screen, Matt. So they can get a wide shot again. We okay, go. absolutely. What do you think? We've we've I've re, I've relocated. I I found that my previous location was probably a little too high exposure, uh, and I wanted to. <laughs> I, I think I needed to move to an underground bunker somewhere. So yes, there's still well, a little bit of work to do. I know in the past <laughs> I have my my picture of Spurgeon and Luther. Those are going to go up on the wall behind me, right over there that lovely painting that I had as well of the lake reflected that's going to go on the wall over here. So a little bit more touch up I need to do, but, uh, but, but what do you think audience? Do you think that I've made the wrong move or I should go back or how about this? Any, any suggestions, but, but real suggestions, like don't, don't say something silly. Like give me a real <laughs> suggestion yeah. for, I uh, for the office. I think it looks good. And it's always a lot of work, I know, uh, to, to change up those settings and stuff. I've done it in the past, and it's always more work than you think uh, is going to go into it. But uh, I think it looks great. It's a great start, and I'm looking forward to to, to shout out uh, Shout out to my wife, who took a whole day with me on Tuesday to empty out what was our former storage homeschool overstock <laughs> room. So shout out to Mrs. DiBartolo. She was phenomenal on Tuesday. Absolutely. But we, uh, we, the we press on. They are. We press on. And there's another question that we have for you. And the question, and we already know the answer. And if you, if you don't answer this question the right way, what's wrong with you? The question <laughs> is, aren't you tired of having leftism rammed down your throat everywhere you turn? Everywhere you turn. 
I was giving a buddy a tour of Kingston the other day. He was visiting and he couldn't help be blown away by the number of rainbows and inclusive flags in all of the storefronts downtown. Are you frustrated by businesses that you support giving money to leftist causes? Why are you buying coffee from companies that hate you and your freedoms? Resistance Coffee is here for you. Now you can enjoy the wonderful taste of fresh roasted coffee with the knowledge that your money isn't funding the leftist causes you despise. In fact, Resistance Coffee gives 10% of every purchase to organizations that are fighting for the constitutional freedoms of Canadians. Resistance Coffee roasts specialty-grade coffee beans, which means you're getting high-end coffee that is roasted fresh for you. Be done with stale grocery store coffee. Support Canadian freedoms. Go to resistancecoffee.com LCC. Get 10% off your first purchase. And make sure you keep using that slash LCC so that they know that we sent you. I have a wonderful new tumbler from our friends over at Resistance. I have to show it off. It's that army green. It's beautiful. It actually holds more than a standard mug. And so I get a little bit more coffee. Hot for a long time. Resistancecoffee.com slash LCC. So going from, oh, look at that. That's a well-timed I, shot there, Matt. Well, look at that. I've always got to keep myself it. fueled with a love defund it. CBC uh, roast in a defund the CBC mug. So a yes. beautiful pairing indeed. Yes. So I've had, uh, I, I don't know about you, Matt, but I've had probably a dozen people reach out to me, friends, not just friends of the shows, but actual friends of mine that know what we do, mm -hmm. who've reached out to me and have said, have you heard about Have you? Are you guys going to talk about it? Are you going to? Yes. Yes, we need to. As soon as they broke the story, I think one of the next thing I did is I messaged you in Signal. I said, here's what we're doing next <laughs> yeah. week. And this was one of the stories because this is huge. And Project Veritas is doing amazing work. They they were the first ones to uncover Lance. It was Lance Jones is the, the CNN guy who said on tape that the Trump story was a nothing burger, but they were driving it anyways. I mean, they're doing, mm -hmm. they're undercover journalists. They're doing yeah. some incredible stuff. Um, and so they continue to be the best, in my opinion, the best mm -hmm. undercover journalism in the world. And so we're going to jump right into this story. We have some video clips because we want you to see this, With your this own story as it broke. <laughs> yeah, and, and your own two ears. Uh, mm -hmm. Jordan Tristan Walker the Director of Worldwide Research and Development, Strategic Operations, and mRNA Scientific Planning. What a title. For Pfizer, admits what we tinfoil hat wearers have known for years now and what got us off of Facebook and Twitter. And so we're, we just want to show you the undercover journalist catching Jordan Walker saying what we've known and suspected for a while. Let's let's play this clip one. What is Pfizer doing, I guess, to optimize, you know, the vaccines now? Oh, we actually have a meeting about that today, so there's a lot. Really? They're doing uh, I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> <laughs> Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? 
Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. Don't tell anyone this story. Yeah, probably should tell you. Yeah, probably should tell you. We're exploring like now. You know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is like why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating fucking viruses. To be like very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something like you know goes everywhere. Something crazy. Is the way that the virus started in Wuhan. To be honest, like it's. Tristan, don't get us canceled on YouTube, okay? Don't right. throw out <laughs> conspiracy theories. Don't say that. Don't say. It th- don't talk about lab leak. <laughs> yeah. Since this virus popped out of nowhere, like. Yeah, I know. It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know. It's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like this. It's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, directed evolution is very different. Yeah. Well, you're not- I love that euphemism. No, it's not gain of function. It's directed evolution, aka we're directing the yeah, evolution. Yeah, no, no, it's not. It's not. It's not gain of function. It's taking the virus and helping it do things by adding to it in some way, which is what function and, and gain hmm. means. But it's not. Sounds gain like of function. something's gaining function. <laughs> yeah, sounds like function uh. is what it sounds like. Anyways, continue. This is great. This could be gain function research of the viruses. Like, yeah, they recommend not. But you do like these like selected directional mutations to try to see if you make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm going about that. I don't know how that's gonna work. There not be any more outbreaks. Just like Jesus Christ. For all government officials, it's pretty good for the industry to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being regulated, they want to go work for the company, they're not going to be as hard for the company. You know, as well. <laughs> and that's that perverse so, circle he's talking about that a, a bunch of the supposed regulators, government officials, once they're done working for the government, end up in these same companies influencing policies. Ugh, bad mm-hmm. stuff. But that's uh, that's what we have from Tristan. So we uh, didn't play the whole so we didn't play the whole clip there. We have links to yes. both Project Veritas website, their YouTube uh, page as well. But there's a full the full two undercover videos. And at one point you see this, you see the Jordan saying uh, these questions. I feel like you're recording me. You're not recording me. Are you you're kind of joke? Like, haha, you're not recording when I'm watching. Like, yeah, he's recording you. Yeah. You, <laughs> and, and, so we, and my, you watch it. my understanding, Andrew is, um, it was a former Pfizer employee that knew Tristan, um, that was interviewing him. And that's why he kind mm-hmm. of let down his guard. He was, thinking he was talking to a friendly but real realistically he was an undercover journalist for project veritas yeah. uh, so we're not doing selective editing we've just we've cut out the juicy bits but you can go watch yeah. the whole thing you can yeah. see with your so 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 that i mean when that story broke mm-hmm. I, I thought this is this is wild but then a couple days later is the video of james o'keefe confronting, confronting him, him. Yeah. and it's so so delicious mm-hmm. because the way the veritas does it is they have a camera on the outside that's very high def very cinematic the lighting and then mm-hmm. the camera on the inside is more like a handy cam right like a real kind of and this they're so you know they're journalists they're doing incredible work but man mm-hmm. do they know how to tell a good story and they mm-hmm. know how to pit they don't have frame it so that it's gripping and appealing and so you can do good work, 
mm-hmm. like real work, and you can also have it look good and be excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Jordan and, and was my understanding by James too, O'Keefe. I, my understanding, Andrew, is James really got started. Uh, I think him and Lila Rose worked on some undercover pro life things as well, going into initially. Um, yeah, that's how going they started into Planned Parenthoods part. and stuff. So it's interesting that that's kind of how he got his start. And despite a lot of the information that they they documented about Planned Parenthoods. Um, the mass media have, has obviously gone out of their ways to make sure that that's not covered. And in, in their case, they were, uh, you know, showing that Planned Parenthood was executing abortions on mothers who were being sex trafficked or who were being, you know, were under the uh, services of a pimp or what, what have you. So um, yet that was kind of buried and even underage they uh lila poses an underaged girl and they were still covering that up so really truly despicable stuff and james and and others who are into doing this they put themselves in harm's way to really undercut uncover the 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 gross truth of of these things and yeah we're so appreciative of the work that they've done but let's let's play that clip of james Right, but right before we play this confrontation, I want if you're if if you're listening to this, it's kind of difficult. You can still hear it though, but especially if you're watching this, I want you to ask yourself the question: Why does he seem so schizophrenic? And I don't think he has mm. actual schizophrenia, but he goes from being "I'm scared," "I'm concerned," "I'm being threatened," "Help me, the police," right? He goes from being the victim, and he very quickly turns into the aggressor. He'll get in someone's face, he'll puff his chest, he'll point his finger, and he'll actually physically be aggressive. And it's just back and forth, almost on a dime. He'll go Mm -hmm. from being, I'm angry, what are you doing, to you're hurting me. So you'll take note of that and ask yourself, is he really a victim or is he feigning it? And then when he can't pretend, that's when the real (laughs) anger comes out let's you'll, you'll see what i mean when you watch it and even as you're hearing it you, you can see it yeah. as well let's this is some clip. spicy stuff and for our i know so many of you listen to the podcast primarily um through the last few weeks we've been doing more and more video clips it's shows like this that you're definitely going to want to tune in to either a youtube channel or a rumble channel to check out the video aspect of this because like andrew said you're not going to be able to get as much also if you're just how are you going to see in my office can't yeah, in my office if you're listening. Yeah. You Anyways, okay. Beautiful faces. Anyways, let's, let's go. go. Let's go. Play the clip. You work for Pfizer. My question for you is why does Pfizer want to hide from the public the fact that they're mutating the COVID viruses? Is this real life? What is happening here? Why? What is going on here? This is absurd. Why does Pfizer want to hide from the public that they're mutating the COVID virus? Oh my God. You're on video. You're on video. Mutating COVID virus. I need to call the police right now. This is. Can I, can I know this is my restaurant? I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on either. This is ridiculous. So you're on video. Uh, we're, 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 I'm a journalist. Bro, first of all, I'm literally a liar. He's he's on video. Whoa. You're saying we're. Watch for a sec, Matt. Okay, so I just he'll say this a couple other times where he'll say, "I'm a liar. I was just lying. I was on a date to impress." Now, for those of us, okay, so for. For morons on the left, they'll look at that and they'll say, oh, yeah, he was lying to get lucky on a date, right? Okay. Yeah. Now, for anyone who has any any shred of intelligence, what they'll say is, so then why would we believe you now? 
If you're mm -hmm. if you're saying that you will lie to get what you want, then why wouldn't we also believe that you're lying right now to get out of trouble? Um, just mm -hmm. again, because we think about these things. Let's so so far he's playing the victim. Very quickly, you're going to see the turn where he'll mm -hmm. become a little more aggressive and he'll go back and forth. Let's let's keep going. Exploring how the virus keeps um, mutating. Yes, one of the things we're exploring right is why don't we mutate the virus? So, can I talk to you outside about this? Absolutely not. And you're not even my wife is on this. What is your name? Because you fucked up. You oh, here really we go. did. I'm about to see you. This is absurd. Anymore, he says. One, two, three, four, five, Why would you bring race into this? <laughs> we have you on tape talking about mutating the COVID virus. No one mutates a COVID virus. Sir, do you not work for Pfizer? Do you work for Do you currently work for Pfizer, yes or no? Do you currently work for Pfizer, yes or no? If you can't, if you can't see it, so you, he's showing all these the images of the proof please, of his employment for Pfizer. I I think it's interesting that right there he's behind the, uh, what looks to be the employee of the restaurant, like as though like James and his crew were going to do violence to him. But then, as is fitting with leftists trying to feign the victim it is actually them who then engage in the violent activity as you'll see here please unlock please unlock the door please unlock so if you're watching if you're listening he grabbed the tablet he throws it to the ground now he's crawling to try to keep the tablet that had the video evidence of what he said and now he's smashing it on the ground he's just, so this is assault this is damage of private property and now he's trying to run away with the tablet then he gets caught then he gets pushed so now he's aggressive he's angry now watch the turn right here here it comes again what is there going on here? You cannot just work like that. Come on. So he gets in the middle of the road and stops a vehicle because he thinks it's Project Veritas people. And now he's stopping the car. He's flagging cops. And the video goes on for a couple minutes after because the Project Veritas journalist has the evidence that he was the aggressor. And the cops say, yeah, James was still here. James could press charges against this monster for <laughs> for what he did and so Pfizer really quickly Pfizer responded to this with a lengthy statement we have a link to that as well I'm just going to read part of the statement so you can you can see that Pfizer operates very similar to this employee which said we're not we don't do gain of function we kind of do this other thing and if we were to it would be so clearly they've all read the script so this is from Pfizer this is directly from them in the ongoing development of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, they say vaccine, we know it's a gene therapy injection, Pfizer has not conducted gain-of-function or directed evolution research. So, problem. Working with collaborators, we have conducted research where the original SARS-CoV-2 virus has been used to express the spike protein from new variants of concern. Okay, so that's kind of gain-of-function research. So, but, okay. Continues, most of this work is conducted using computer simulations or mutations of the main protease, a non-infectious part of the virus. Key word there is most, not all, most. Mm -hmm. They couldn't say all, that would be a lie. 
they continue in a limited number of cases when a full virus does not contain any known gain of function mutations such virus may be engineered to enable the assessment of antiviral activity in cells we don't do gain of function as they're saying we don't do gain of function we don't do directed evolution most of the stuff we do is on computers but sometimes when we're actually looking at virus mutations it can be engineered so that we can see its activity. So basically, we don't do gain-of-function research, but we do do gain-of-function research, just so we're clear. So that's <laughs> Pfizer's response. Matt, give us your give us your take on the whole thing: the the fir- the, the 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 interview, the confrontation, mm-hmm. the actual release from Pfizer. If you could if you could bring this all down, what do you? I, how do we respond to this? Well, I think a lot of it speaks for itself, right? Uh, it's, again, a lot of equivocation, a lot of double speak, a lot of uh, going around and around, um, not being honest um, about what is taking place. And that's honestly what really comes out in all of this is Pfizer lied from start to finish about these gene therapies. Um, They continue to lie in the sense that they tout them as what you've already made mention, a vaccine. But we know that they're not a traditional vaccine. They're they're gene therapy, um, and they're not very durable. They're not very good. So there's all sorts of issues. Uh, we'll, We'll put links in the description below so you can have the receipts for this. But Pfizer said they will stop transmission, that if you get these mRNA gene therapies, what they call vaccines, you will not get COVID. That was demonstrably false. And really early on, we knew that that was the case. Turns out they're not very durable. Uh, The immunity that you were getting from them, if you had any, um, waned significantly within the first or after the first three months of the shot. So they don't work. They don't stop transmission. So they can't possibly stop um, the virus from from mutating. They can't possibly stop the virus from just continually spreading so they couldn't stop the covid pandemic like they said they were and like they said convinced everybody that they should get them that was the main excuse that led to the qr codes the all sorts of vax passports a bunch of the travel restriction bans that were attached to um those passports and the vaccine all that was a fiction and then we know now from the pfizer executive we'll link this in this description below too in front of the eu their tests never showed that they stopped transmission despite what they said. So Pfizer lied again. Um, and they continue to lie and lie and lie and lie. So, Andrew, it really gets to what you're talking about is they've lost their credibility. If if they continually lie and lie and lie and those lies have been verified over and over and over again and those lies just so happen to lead to them making billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars, why would we take their word for it now? I've even looked at some articles that were trying to debunk O'Keefe's work and what Project Veritas has done. But even them, and I'll link in the description one of those articles, and I want you to note the tone. 
they said, well, there's not definitive proof in these videos that Pfizer has engaged in gain-of-function resource. You can't make that claim. But you'll notice everything else, they don't really debunk. They don't really dispute. And over and over again, that's the reality of the situation. And unfortunately, Andrew, mainstream media carries the water for big pharma. Big tech carries the water for big pharma. We're going to have to cut this segment out of our YouTube video, and I'm going to have to give a warning because of the contents of this. And the reality of it is this is actual on-the-ground investigative journalism that is bringing to light very important things. And um, over and over again, people have looked to see if Tristan, or Jordan Tristan Walker was connected to Pfizer. And the fact of the matter is it it's come out that he is. Um, over and over again, people have tried to discredit the work of Project Veritas. They've tried to take him to court. They've tried to sue him. But over and over and over again, what comes out is the work of Project Veritas is vindicated over and over and over again because mm -hmm. they're doing their homework. So again, why would we believe Pfizer, the liars who gained a bunch of money in order to do what they've done. Um, why would we believe that they're not doing it? And if you read into the statement, Andrew, again, just like the article I'll share, it's not very definitive. They equivocate, they, yeah. they posture. And I think that shows a lot. If they could come out and say, we absolutely never take part in any of this sort of research, they would have done that. But legally, mm -hmm. they can't do that because they do well, take they, part in it. When the, when the moment Pfizer said it's mm -hmm. going to take us 75 years to disclose all of our information regarding <laughs> yeah. the trials, right away, you're like, yeah, in 75 years, everyone will either be dead or they won't care anymore. Yeah. So now is when we care. Yeah, I nobody was, who um, was affected by it. Everybody's hearts yeah, will be yeah. <laughs> exploded by yeah. that. Yeah, no. I, was, um, I was at an event on Saturday night mm -hmm. in Hamilton hosted by Bright Light News. Dr. Yeah. Byron Bridal was there. So I had the pleasure of meeting him in person for the first time. But he mm -hmm. spoke about Pfizer's own safety data that they released after six months. And what he pointed out right from their own charts was that even though they tout the 95% effective, mm -hmm. this, and we can't get into the details, but that's a relative risk reduction when you compare one group of jab people from one yes. group of unjab people. But it has nothing to do with your individual defense mm -hmm. or how much the likelihood of you getting and then surviving the virus that's yes. absolute risk reduction which is less than one percent anyway so he as he looks at the numbers he'll say that when you compare the two groups the jab group had more deaths than the unjab group 15 as opposed mm -hmm. to 10. the jab group also had a higher amount of serious adverse effects which include hospitalization or the inability but they just covered all that up and they said, well, more people in the jab, more people in the unjab group got sick, as in they got they tested positive for COVID. So the first thing I want to say is you can't believe them. They're, they're lying. They're lying all the way through and the fudging numbers. Is, they've and, gone out of their way oh, to do that. Way. We looked yep. at it with miscarriage and numbers and stuff. Yeah, there's yep. all sorts of sketchy stuff. And and the, the, the worst part about it, too, and this goes to. You know, shame on Donald Trump and and his administration for for again creating this moral hazard with Operation Warp Speed, where these drug companies, for their own benefit and their own profit, could rush out and throw off all shackles 
and, and all ethics when it comes to medicine. And just because the narrative was this, it's vaccine or nothing. You know, it's vaccine or everybody dies. So you create out of desperation this mass moral panic that then leads to you creating a, a scenario where there's all sorts of ethical landmines in this situation that you can't possibly wait through. And that's, again, we've talked about it. You, governments over and over and over again, through their intervention into the economy, create moral hazards that have downstream disastrous effects. Um, and this is one case where the government was shills for big pharma. The, this is one case of fascistic corporatism that has led to the dangerous adoption of a unproven, unsafe, and ineffective medicine being mass distributed, not only in Canada, but, uh, but across the globe, and governments and government officials being on the front end of the lobbying process. And Worse than that is if you didn't take part in this human experiment, you were excised from society. That's what yep. we had to deal. I know it's hard to think about and it's hard to get back to because it all happened. Everything's been a whirlwind for the last three years, but that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And I think this is very compelling um, footage that we get. Is it definitive proof that gain of function resource research was done by Pfizer? Absolutely not. We have to grant that. But again, where there's smoke, there's often fire. And every time along the way, Andrew, where there's been smoke, there has been fi fi fire in the case of Pfizer. Where there's smoke, there is Pfizer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. I should smoke, have, I, you know, it dawned Pfizer. on me that that joke was there okay. when I misspoke. I but yeah, anyways. I got you. So just, just as we wrap up, I, I want to mm -hmm. say here, and then we'll see this theme over and over again, that it is good. It is it is good, especially at this stage. But I would say in general, I mean, this is something that was baked even into the founding of the United States. So in general, this is good. But specifically for us, it is good to be skeptical and distrusting of our elites. It doesn't mean that we simply disagree and argue and don't do what they say out of principle, I'm not. We don't take that position, nor do we take the vigilante, lawless position. What I'm saying is, it is good for us to be skeptical. Period. So if they're going to make claims about well-being and li livelihood, be skeptical because they're killing babies and they're killing old people. Right? They're saying that men can be women and vice versa. If they're going to make scientific claims, be skeptical because they have no grasp of scientific reality at all. And they reject God as a creator of this universe. So it's good to be questioning. It's good to be skeptical because as we're going to see, mm -hmm. they are clearly operating in a way that they gain, that they benefit, that their friends grow in their wealth and their power and their control. And the people who are crushed are us because all of our elites will not abide by the 15 minute city policy because they're <laughs> still going to be flying all over the world. Right. It's mm -hmm. it, it, it takes more than 15 minutes to fly from Canada to Davos. Mm -hmm. So just be aware of that throughout the course of this episode. Be skeptical because we have seen they've shown their hand now that they don't care about the well-being of the average Canadian. They care about their power, their wealth and that of their friends. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're listening to our program, 
you're probably someone who works very hard to provide for your family. Whether that's inside the home or outside, no one has an audience that works harder than this one. We know this because of the amount of views we have by way of podcasting, because you're probably busy working and you're listening to us while you're traveling, unlike all the super leftists who have a ton of YouTube views because their audience doesn't work. They mooch off the government and stay home. But here's a couple of important questions on top of working hard. Are you saving for your children? The scriptures say that a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children. Do you know that you'll be able to leave for your children and your children's children? Rocklink is a Christian firm through and through, and they take the biblical command to plan for the future and by God's grace, leave an inheritance for your children. Send them an email today and ask about how they can partner with your family. Email Rocklink at info at rocklink.com or visit them at www.rocklink.com. That's link with a C. I've said this before, personally, Rocklink are the friends that I trust with what it is that we have by way of savings and investment for ourselves and for our kids. Give them a call. They are friendlies. You need to connect with them and you need to move your investments over to them. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And they are fighting back against woke corporatism um, mm -hmm. by being a vote against a lot of what's going on in Wall Street, wh whether it's through ESG activism or companies pushing the, the, the 2030 UN globalist agenda to get to the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. It's companies like Rocklink, though they might not have the, the greatest, uh, biggest firm with the most clout, companies like them investing on your behalf and being a voice for you in those meetings is so important for us to fight back against this mm -hmm. little by little and to really show that if if corporations are going to go down this road they're going to feel it in their wallets and that mm -hmm. is something that we need to again like i said at the top of the program that's not only why you need to support institutions like ours but it's also why you need to stop investing with leftists and quit letting them ram all this stuff down our throats because they have the capital to make this sort of thing happens mm -hmm. andrew we go from one story, one despicable story of gain-of-function research to another dystopian hellhole story, and that is the fact that Maid is completely out of control in Canada. I mean, mm -hmm. having it in Canada is, is the first step. Calling it Maid in the euphemistic language is the second step, Expanding it, which has not yet taken place, is the third step. But two more months, two more months. Let's look at a rather shocking but not surprising story that has come out from Canada concerning the numbers in Canada as it, it pertains to MAID. With more than 10,000 Canadians now dying from medically medical assistance uh, in, in death, uh, medically assisted suicide, a report out of the 
Netherlands has found that Canada is now the global epicenter of harvesting organs from patients who have undergone doctor-assisted suicide, also known as murder, if we want to get around that euphemistic language. A recent review published by Dutch researchers in the American Journal of Transplantation examined the growing medical practice known as ODE, which is organ donation after euthanasia. Of 286 worldwide instances of ODE identified by the paper, nearly half of them, that's 136, came from the true North strong and free. Not so free, though. Not even the top 10 anymore. Canada. This is from, from, from the article. We saw everyone is working in different directions. And then we said, okay, well, let's start an international discussion of all the countries involved. Dr. Joannes uh, Mulder, one of the authors of the study and a maid provider in the Netherlands, said, it means that Canadians who die by assisted suicide are now representing a not insubstantial number of the country's total organ donation. For contacts, and this is important, Canada's entire supply of donated organs comes from about 500 to 800 donors per year. In 2021, according to the Canadian Institute of Health Information, there were 734 Canadian fatalities that resulted in organ donation. And what is being reported from this study is 136 of those are from ODE. So a very high percent of that is from organ donation after euthanasia, which is seriously disturbing, seriously dystopian stuff. But what would you expect for Canada, the not so true uh, North or free in 2023? For anyone who's neither a mathematician nor a global population expert, I'll just briefly say that half of the organs donated in the paper, they said, came from Canada. Um, Canada's population doesn't represent a half of the world's population. So just in case anyone was wondering, wow, we're really big. No, Canada's population is about 35 million. The world is 7 billion. that's that's nothing. That's nothing. And yet this vast amount of organs from Canada. Uh, the Dutch report was also released at about the same time as an expose in the journal, The New Atlantis, alleging that Canada's made practitioners were downplaying the extent to which their patients were seeking made entirely for reasons of poverty or an inability to obtain proper care. In other words, what that means is that people who, because of homelessness or poverty, are saying, my only way out is to kill myself, which is not one of the standards in order to receive doctor-assisted murder, that Canadian doctors were downplaying that and, and really not 
saying that it's as much of an issue who could have as imagined. it actually is. Who, who could, could have well, imagined that that would have yeah. happened, Andrew? Non-murderers could have <laughs> yeah. imagined. So every, this, literally everybody yeah. who was against MAID said this was going to be the practice. All these yeah. standards are just not, made up and It's fungible. not a slippery slope. It's real. No. Yeah. No. Exactly. So journalist Alexander Raikin obtained seminar notes from the Canadian Association of MAID Assessors and Providers in which doctors openly discuss the euthanization of patients whose only underlying condition was poverty. That's the only one. And even suggested ways to manage their own moral distress at these cases. Trudeau Lemons, a professor in health law and policy at University of Toronto, shared similar concerns, pointing to statistics that show that more than a third of Canadians who took MAID expressed that they were a, quote, burden on a family, friends, or caregivers, close quote. He continues, I'm concerned that people who struggle with a lack of self-esteem and self-worth may be pushed to see this as an opportunity to mean something, he told CTV News. So if you're confused by that last statement, let me just, I'll give you another example. If you've watched any cop shows, right? If you watch, I'm not even going to list them because some of you will judge me for what I watch and others of you will, you know, think he only why did he mention that anyway so if you watch cop shows there's you'll often come across an episode where you have a cop who's corrupt right he's on the take he's done something illegal and the dilemma is when another cop finds him the dilemma is well if you turn me in i'll lose everything but my family will also lose the pension right they'll lose the pension they won't be taken care of and so what they'll say is don't actually turn me in Right. You compromise mm. on the truth and I'll whatever. I'll go down. Right. Kill me. Make it look like a, it was an actual murder, not a suicide. In order that the cop's family might receive the benefit and continue to receive the pension that they need. And so what you have there is a person who this person in this episode is a cop who's done wrong. But you the audience feels sympathy and says, well, he's. At the very end, he's making a last-minute sacrificial decision so that his family can his family can continue to be provided for. Now, there's not the same financial gain here, but this attitude of a person saying, I'm such a burden on my family, mm. it would be better if I killed myself. This, for the person, now becomes a virtuous decision, right? They find themselves saying, there's no hope for me. There's nothing that can be, do nothing that can be done to change my situation. So if I kill myself, it'll be good for my family. That's virtuous. That's altruistic. The problem that he this is what this is what this this professor is saying here. He's saying that if we continue to allow this to happen, more and more people will think that killing themselves is the right moral virtuous decision for those around them. And that which gets is absolutely heartbreaking and vile mm -hmm. that gets at the pedagogical function of the law whether you want to acknowledge it or not the law has something to tell people about the morality of specific actions and in this case like you've made mention we're creating a moral hazard by saying that suicide is a good thing um, when you get it done by doctors, which is just them assisting you in your own death. Um, right. But a bad thing, supposedly, when a kid does it with a gun or a rope when they're depressed. I mean, it's so schizophrenic. It's, it's insane and it's totally uh, untenable. But that's the moral hazard that's being created in Canadian society. It says something principially 
about human life and its importance and its but why value. Would that be Matt why would the government let's just let's 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 drop down here just for a minute because I think this fits with the overall theme of our episode <laughs> why would the medical establishment say you can't off yourself in your room but if you go to a doctor and do it the right way what might be some of the reasons behind the health establishment saying go this way as opposed to just killing yourself in your basement well, I guess in this and case, so they can, they can harvest your organs more efficiently. Right. So there's that absolutely, <laughs> but there's a, but so, but that's that's I think that's one of the sub points. The broader mm. the broader point is money, because yeah. hospitals, like with genital mutilation surgeries, hospitals receive funding for this. Mm-hmm. You need money to administer the drugs. You take one pill to put you in a coma, and then another pill to basically have your organs mm-hmm. shut down while you're in a coma. Hospitals receive funding for this. You'll get extra money to be able yeah. to do this. If you're a hospital that offers it, you'll have mm-hmm. more people, more patients equals more money. It's the same thing as the yes. state saying we want to control the sale of marijuana. Mm-hmm. The tax revenue that we get from it is better. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to buy it from us, but it's not okay to buy it from some junkie on the sidewalk. This mm-hmm. is so corrupt. It's yeah. so and, disgusting. And there's that they would also gain from this. Yeah, and there's also an insidious aspect to it that yeah, when, if you make that decision, who are you to decide to take your life? You're not That's an disgusting. expert. You're not an expert. Yeah. But we're the state. We're God. Yes. We can determine who, who lives and who dies, which is yep. essentially what they're doing. Um, they're d- drawing a bright red line down society saying, these people, they are worthy of death if they want it. These people are not. Um, and like you said, it helps them get funding. It also uh, r- relieves the drag on the system as far as medical care in Canada's uh, goes because our system's so terrible and so broken and so dysfunctional. Um, again, if the government fancies themselves as God. So if you were to do, who are you? You can't make the decision to kill yourself. You need a license for that. You need to come to us to, to let us tell you when it's appropriate for you to kill yourself. Otherwise, it's a tragedy, it's bad, and maybe you're even morally culpable for doing a bad thing in that case. But if we give you the sanction, well, obviously we're God, therefore it's an okay thing. There's so much moral hazard here, Andrew, that it's disgusting. And we're not even to the point where made is being extended in Canada. Things and everyone's are going to be waiting worse. to get there. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's waiting. Like this this, this Aurelia man. Um, exactly. This. It- He's 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 just waiting for March to come around, and all of the, the reasons that he gives are exactly what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. No, exactly, and this is a this is a tragic story, a man from Aurelia, Ontario, who's who's going to seek made. He's going to seek medical assistance in dying, so called um, doctor suicide, rightly referred to it, due to what he sees in the state of the world along with his circumstances and growing frustration with his lived experience. Tyler Dunlop, is this man's name, says he simply sees no benefit in carrying on. The 37-year-old has experienced homelessness, 
on and off for the past 12 years. As an otherwise healthy, able-bodied working man, Dunlop said, the request came as a shock to local health care providers. I calmly explained it in my right mind. I wasn't intoxicated or smoking dope or anything, Dunlop told Aurelia Matters. I just said, I really think this would be the best direction for me. I've researched it. This is an informed decision. I am not wasting your time. His resolve to seek out maid is so strong that he refused the hospital's offer to admit him for a psychiatric assessment. So I just want to jump in here, Andrew. Again, that bright red line drawn down society, he's healthy. He's able-bodied, male. Therefore, we're going to offer him help. But if he didn't if he didn't have enough utility to our society well we wouldn't have offered them him that mm-hmm. in fact if he just wanted to call for a chairlift and he was old and elderly and needed help we might have offered him death as we've already mm-hmm. seen in canada but nevertheless he rebuffs the hospital's efforts to get him help and dunlop's current battle with homelessness began in june 2022 when he found his roommate and work supervisor dead inside their apartment and again a tragic situation leading to you know terrible outcomes andrew but he goes on to say the situation's getting unbearable. And when I read about medical assisting and dying, I thought, well, logistically, I really, I don't have a future. So how long, and Andrew, before we start applying this right. to climate change, we're, we're going to, we're going to lessen the age. We're going to say for psychological reasons, in a, a sort a, a impending doom for a climate disaster, uh, you know, you're going to have, what, 16-year-old kid, 15-year-old kid, 10-year-old kids who have been indoctrinated by these radical environmentalists applying for MAID? And if this is an appropriate thing to seek out in the coming months when MAID's expanded, how long before we see those stories happening? Well, not long, because I've, I, I saw a video mm-hmm. a couple of years ago about this movement among young women in the U.K., that were getting hysterectomies and sterilizing themselves. I mean, these are these are women in their late teens, early twenties, and their justification was it for I'm never going to have a kid because of what's. First of all, I can't bring a kid into this world that's so awful. Mm-hmm. But second of all, it's selfish to bring a child into this world because of overpopulation. So here you have self mutilation of women in their late teens, early twenties, and they're saying, "Yeah, this is this is our part." And and. So for and, this, and for this are, are people here, being held no, accountable it is a very for sad that? situation. Like well, no, it's, you the know, same, it's the same thing as doctors that would administer yeah. washing um, washing soap to someone. They put drops mm-hmm. in their eyes to make the person go blind because the person identified as blind, or mm-hmm. limbs being cut off because the person identifies as transabled. Yeah, so no, they're not being held accountable. I, I just, it. I just, I love how this only works way one way, right? Right, the ratchet only tightens one way because you know, for instance, you get Donald Trump. He says anything. It's like, oh, the media, the mainstream legacy media is the enemy of the people, which, frankly, they are because they're liars, um, over and over again. He says that, oh, this is going to lead to violence. This is this and this and this. And because he said that, he was responsible for this action that was over here done by this person. You know, they're always looking to make those connections. But it never goes the other way. Healthy women disfiguring their bodies because 
of radical environmental alarmism from the media but they're never held accountable that's again well, they, they also don't abide by the same rules because you are exactly at the, end of the day our our elites not only have not only are they having children mm -hmm. not only are they sending their kids to private super duper private schools <laughs> yes not only do their personal guards have fully automatic weapons that we can't carry Mm -hmm. They also have no problem flying across the world. So another sign that they <laughs> yeah. can't be trusted. Mm -hmm. But to, speaking about Tyler, I mean, his situation is tragic because he, he does feel that there's no other option. And there are legitimate uh, issues, like actual actual things in his life. So, I mean, leading up to this decision, which hasn't been made yet because he has to wait until March. But leading up to this decision in this article here um, that we're we're taking from... He describes what he what's been for him a challenging and traumatic life. Um, you know, he first experienced homelessness in 2010. He goes on to say, quote, my dad died. I had no safety net. It's 2010. I'm in Kingston. I'm working at a used TV shop and I went homeless. He said it just happened is what he said. Uh, Dunlop was born to a dysfunctional family. He said experienced physical and sexual abuse in the foster care system as a child has previously attempted suicide, and both of his parents are now passed away. He lives with a schizoaffective disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of his trauma, and he has long used alcohol as a means to cope. He says, quote, there's just no direction, no aid. There's no incentive to keep living and contribute to society at all, he said. I looked at my future and I said, what am I going to be in the next 10 years? Same thing, wandering around homeless. Sometimes people are so damaged that this reality is the only option. I'm trying to raise the issue of equality here, he said. I chose assisted dying because I know I'm not going anywhere. I've been in rehabilitation. I've accessed every resource possible to get better. Some of us can't. The, the, this, you know, what, what am I going to do? He looked at his future. There's no incentive. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to go into too much detail here because I'm going to do something that I very, very rarely do. And I'm going to recommend, if you want, this last Sunday at church, I preached on doctor assisted murder. We're in a, see, mm -hmm. I've talked about it before because it's timely. We're in a series where we're trying to look at life from a creational viewpoint establishing mm -hmm. a creational cosmology and worldview. We looked at marriage, we looked at baby murder, and then this last Sunday we looked at doctor-assisted murder. And I tried to unpack not only what the scriptures clearly teach about the taking of innocent life, regardless of who does it and why, whether it's yourself or someone else, but I tried to paint a picture that the scriptures, the narrative the scripture communicates to us, that there's something glorious about living and getting mm -hmm. old and what is actually passed on the handoff, so to speak, from someone with lots of gray hair and experience with failures and fears and and difficulties and tragedy and how they're able to function as the, 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 the handoff to the next generation and how this is something that is to be exalted and venerated. But what I said toward the end was this is where the church has to stand up and say, Mm -hmm. You're right. Left to yourself in your sin. There is no hope. And what's terrifying is even if you quote unquote alleviate the suffering now, if you die apart from Christ, the suffering you will experience for all eternity will be 
infinitely worse than whatever suffering you experience now. So this is where the church must stand up and say, you're right, it is bad news. But here's the good news. There is hope in Christ, and he might not rescue you from your pain and suffering now, mm-hmm. but there is an eternal hope for an end to all pain and suffering. And he redeems your life now and gives mm-hmm. meaning and purpose and richness that even though you suffer, you can mm-hmm. be a part of it, advancing his kingdom and glorifying him. And so I will we'll link to it in, in, in the show. I never... I don't do this. I'm not a, it's not a self-promotion. Check out my church, mm-hmm. check out my sermons. But if you want to hear a little more about what I think about this and how I think Christians need to understand this issue and how we should view it biblically, I would, I'd recommend mm-hmm. listen to the sermon. You can watch it as well mm-hmm. because Christians have to get this right. We have mm-hmm. the Christian church by and large has just started to wake up to how we're supposed mm-hmm. to deal with the issue of baby murder because mm-hmm. we failed so miserably. So we're just starting to get our act together, kind of. And now this issue is thrust upon us. The church has to get this right. Yeah, Christian, you have to get this right because mm-hmm. it is coming and it will be a huge issue. And last year, 3.3% of all deaths were doctor-assisted murder in 2022. Mm-hmm. In 2023, that will be doubled at least, if not tripled. So we got to get this right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just want to speak to Tyler Dunlop, you know, as a fellow image bearer in Christ. You haven't done everything. You haven't bowed the knee to King Jesus. You haven't turned to him in repentance and faith. And that's our earnest, heartfelt call to you, Tyler, is that you would turn to him and that you would understand that God's office is is oftentimes at the end of our rope. And that if you would turn to Christ, you would find that he is a fully sufficient Savior who saves to the uttermost. And he will not only, in you bending the knee and turning to Christ, he will not only save you from your sins and ensure you of (laughs) escaping the second death like you've talked about, Andrew, but he'll graft you into Christ, and he'll unite you to a body of believers who will come alongside you and support you and care for you. And I just got done caring for a man in this situation. Well, I mean, we're actively still involved in his life um, as far as he wants to seek out the help because of a listener of this program who said, hey, we took in a homeless guy around Christmas. We helped him out. We loved on him. We cared for him. We gave him a place to stay. He wants to be in Winnipeg. Can you help him out? And what did we do? We helped him out. That's what the body of Christ can do for you, Tyler. And that's what I'm calling you to. But it doesn't come with you remaining hearted in your sin. It doesn't come with you remaining calcitrant. It comes with you bowing the knee to Jesus Christ. And that is the hope, the only hope for all of humanity, whether you're homeless or not. So while we're kind of sermonizing here a little bit, we need to speak to Tyler as a human being, as a fellow image bearer of God and say, Tyler, turn to Christ. Seek help and healing in his wings and be ministered by a local body of believers. And Tyler, if you need to know where you can go to get that help in your area, reach out to us, churches at libertycoalitioncanada.com, and we will help you out. It's not too late. You haven't made this decision yet. 
I'm not delusional. I think there's probably a small chance that you'll hear this, but if anybody can get this to him in any way, or if you're in a community like Aurelia, where Tyler is, if you can reach out to him and try and minister to him in any way, do it. A life is on the line and an eternal soul is on the line. And again, this is the type of culture that you're creating when you institute made, which I think you're right. It's better known as damn doctor assisted murder. Um, this is the culture that you're instituting through the legalization of euthanasia. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting stuff. And we went long on this uh, segment, but it's so important. It is literally a matter of life and death. So sometimes those things transcend our our need to do 20-minute segments. Well, before we move on to our last story or kind of micro-series of stories for the episode, we need to talk about our friends over at Bull Bitcoin. Born out of the desire to separate money from the state, Bitcoin epitomizes freedom money, an uncensorable network programmed around digital scarcity where the individual is in full control and accountable for his own property. Bull Bitcoin, Canada's most trusted Bitcoin exchange since 2013, is a 100% self-funded company led and operated by incorruptible activists for individual liberties and freedom. At Bull Bitcoin, security and privacy are priority. Customers' funds are transferred directly to their Bitcoin wallet in their own possession. With Bull Bitcoin, you never run the risk of losing your money. It's your own money that you own. Sign up at mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC and get started with your account's creation today. Take control of your money. Mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. For our final story, we want to talk about the what we'll soon see more and more what are known as 15-minute cities in Canada. <laughs> we have a whole bunch of links to You've this. We've already warned about uh, this, too, on the we show. Talk, well, because it was, if you remember, we talked about Oxfordshire County in mm-hmm. London that mm-hmm. was setting up, turning their county into zones with electronic gates so that you could stay and access everything within your zone within a 15-minute bike ride or walk mm-hmm. and you're only allowed outside of the zone with written permission and for no more than 100 days of the 365 days per year and so there are a number of canadian cities that have unveiled their plans their ideas how they're going to roll out their 15 minute city agenda we have north vancouver edmonton waterloo and ottawa are just the four we have all the links as well where you can not just take our word for it, but go to the mm-hmm. actual releases from the cities themselves. The Ottawa one is very, very detailed. I mean, obviously of they course, have to be because the last thing they want is more, more trucks showing up. So <laughs> yeah. you might be asking, what is a 15-minute city? Maybe you've never heard this before. So we'll just give a brief description of what's going on. The 15-minute city developed in 2016 by urbanist and professor Carlos Moreno identify six basic social functions that occur close to one's home. These are the functions, living, working, commerce, healthcare, education, and entertainment. It's funny how they don't include worship there. Uh, Maybe they think worship is, I don't know how they would put an education entertainment, but clearly gathering to worship and religious purposes. 
which have been in existence since the beginning of humanity doesn't matter to this Marxist. But anyways, continues, the core concepts are not new, but provides a chrono-urbanism model that considers two essential components of urban life, time and space. In essence, time-save commuting to life social functions can be optimized for other priorities in life. The four main guiding principles of the 15-minute city are, one, proximity, which is the availability of amenities for social functions accessible within 15 minutes by active transportation, walking, biking, rollerblading. Second, density, the optimal number of individuals who can support a diversity of amenities in a given area. So can't have too many bakers, can't have too many. By the way, downtown Kingston would suck at being a 15-minute city because downtown Kingston has more independent restaurants and coffee shops per capita than anywhere in the world. And I've been to the North Shore of Vancouver, which is the independent hippie coffee roastery capital of the country. They have nothing on Kingston. So Kingston has to revamp. That's the second pillar. The fir- uh, third one, diversity. Mixed land use of residential, commercial, and entertainment components. And housing options to accommodate different socioeconomic levels and enable residents to live closer to jobs or work from home. Last, ubiquity. Diverse amenities in all neighborhoods that are accessible and affordable to everyone. And just in case you're wondering... In, in, if you weren't able to pick that out, what that what it takes what it requires to accomplish this is a whole lot of spending, and a whole lot of control, and and control of the outcomes and control. So it's basically government running everything. Can't yeah. have too many bakeries. Sorry, you got to go. Sorry, we have too many white business owners. You're not allowed anymore. We need more black mm. business owners. We need more. So that's how you accomplish this. It's communism by different name. (laughs) Right. Ton of spending and their control. Oh, and by the way, no more cars. Yeah. No more cars. So Matt, tell us a little bit about some of the specifics, what some of the cities have already communicated in terms of this operation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a number of Canadian cities, as you uh, have made mention, Andrew, have already agreed to uh, move forward in this direction. Edmonton has over 300 neighborhoods divided into districts comprised of multiple connected neighborhoods. And the goal of this 15-minute district allows residents to complete daily activities within 15 minutes of travel time within a district. Um, Options of using car, but active transportation and public transit will be made more pleasant. Uh, We feel this approach to growth is ambitious, achievable, and responsible, explained Rod Rieger, the Waterloo Region's Commissioner of Planning, who is implementing it in the Waterloo Region, um, planning development and legislative services. That's what Rod does. It achieves our established community building objectives, prioritizes intensification, builds a strong employment base, and importantly delivers on housing as it promotes diverse range and mix of uh, a diverse range of and mix of housing that will improve 
improve both choice and affordability. The principle of a 15-minute neighborhood uh, neighborhoods are integral to the strategic direction contained in Ottawa's draft new official plan. The concept of 15-minute neighborhoods supports a variety of objectives relating to intensification, economic development, energy and climate change, gender equity, and culture. Additionally, planning for 15-minute neighborhoods represents a critical means of embedding health resiliency in planning in order to achieve healthier, more inclusive communities. So we've heard all that language before, and we see how... Marxist, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we see how embedded in there is cultural Marxism in all of the announcements from all the various cities. What we're seeing is this push for enviro communofascistic cities that are <laughs> have specific districts that you will be either allowed to enter and leave only a limited amount of times throughout the year depending on what the government deems appropriate in your local municipality if Do you, you want to see us talk up? more about this we'll put yeah. in the description below a uh, description below when we taught we kind of unpacked more of the concept in the Oxfordshire uh, county situation but the reality is uh, Andrew is COVID lockdowns have now become the predicate to creating communities and municipal districts that further limit human freedoms. And that's surprisingly, or maybe unsurprisingly, something that is omitted alongside worship as being integral to human life, is freedom, Mm -hmm. is liberty. That doesn't show up. these technocrats believe human freedoms are only privileges granted by the special elites who are in power and they should ought to only be you should ought to only be allowed to do things that you could do in a four by five cell that's their idea of freedom this flying around way, different people they, traveling moving that's not appropriate this this is why they want everyone in cities too this is why yes. they disparage people who live outside of cities why they disparage people in more mm-hmm. rural areas, yes. people who are probably more self-sustaining, right? They, they disp- they bigger want, carbon footprint. They want to get they want to get everyone into cities so that they can control everyone. Do you want to throw yeah. that map up? We have a map of Edmonton's so yes, their yeah, absolutely. breakdown of their district. And obviously all the cities have this as well if you dig. And so this is how Edmonton will be broken up into districts. And again, each district is made up of hundreds of neighborhoods. And so they're basically saying, if this is where you are, this is where you stay. You shouldn't mm-hmm. have to travel outside of it. Now, I said in the... Sorry if you have Oilers season tickets outside yeah, of the... Yeah. <laughs> Oopsie. Yeah. Oopsie. Well, you got to move, right? More into the city. Maybe that, there's that, an allowance for that. There's an allowance for right. that because of, it's, uh, you know, community, community uh, like unity mm-hmm. is, is probably what they'll say. Anyways. So looking at this, I said in the lead in something there, it, it sounded kind of like a joke, but it wasn't because when I look at this... What I legitimately imagine are dystopian movies and video games mm-hmm. where you'll have this map in the background where they're actually looking at what, what our world has become. Yeah. Here are your different districts, and each district is known for a different thing. And like this is this is someone read someone in Edmonton read the Hunger Games <laughs> or they read dis, they read District B thirteen or District Nine. 
mm-hmm. and they're like, oh yeah, this is what we'll do. Yeah, this this makes, this makes perfect sense. And yeah. if this this is this is really kind of because right now it seems benign. Oh, it's a suggestion. But what happens when they start saying, no, 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 you don't understand. You can't leave. Yeah. Or you can't if, leave unless you have proof of vaccination. Or you mm-hmm. can't leave as long as you haven't gone over your carbon allowance. Yes. Or like, well, that'll never happen, <laughs> a fool would say. That's what a fool would say. That would yeah. never happen. Mm-hmm. Because this is, it's about, and again, what's the theme of the episode? I guarantee you that all of the people making these decisions will not be bound by their own district borders, whether mm. it's driving, whether it, because, because uh, uh, they well, have to do the special I'm, work, Andrew, they have not to, only that I'm an, ele- I'm an elected official. I'm, yeah. I'm high risk. I can't mm. ride my bike. I need to drive around in a bulletproof vehicle, right? Yes, that's a exactly. gas guzzler. So mm-hmm. they will, they will set the rules and then they'll break all the rules, mm-hmm. crushing the backs of Canadians in order to amass more power, more wealth, because again, if you're, if you're, and so they mentioned equity, all right? in the Ottawa, name of equity word, and justice. Well, and but equality. what is that? So some would say, how does equity play into this? This is how it mm-hmm. plays into it. That if you in a particular region have a certain number of, I don't know, florists, you can't have too many florists. Mm-hmm. So if you have six florists and you need to go down to four florists, which florists are you going to shut down? Because that will happen. Mm-hmm. You'll say Two florists better learn to choose, code. <laughs> choose a new business or move somewhere. Mm-hmm. So which florist do you think will be the first ones to be forced to shut down? The white male cisgender florist mm-hmm. followed by the white female cisgender florist. And they'll just well, all they'll do is they'll start at the center of the wheel of privilege mm-hmm. and then work their way out. And, and so that's guys, where equity comes into but, place, which is that's that's yeah. crazy. And and how so how is this going to be implemented without universal government uh, government control over these d- districts? Like we're talking about communism, right? I used to my dad would tell me st- stories about communism. They used to tell you what jobs you had to do. They'd give you like a plot of the road where you had to sweep the corner mm-hmm. or you worked in the, that that specific factory. Um or, or if you're lucky, you were you had a talent in in hockey, and maybe you would be appointed to the hockey team or the Olympic team or whatever. Um, they would totally manage their society in that fashion. Well, obviously, that's going to be the next logical step in this because how are we going to prevent? M- inefficiencies in our economy, Andrew, by having another florist actually open up. Well, no, you can't be a florist. We already have three florists. You can't do that. You can do one of these appointed jobs. That Those are the list of jobs that you fit. You can do those. That's the next logical idea to get, and they'll couch it in flowery languages. This is for efficiency in our economies. This is to meet uh, the sustainable development goals that the UN set down in their 2030 agenda. It's all to save the world. You know, sure, you have to limit your freedoms, but it's to love your neighbor. All these things will be just said. These these lines will be forwarded. Um, all to install this communo enviro fascistic mm-hmm. regime we've talked about it on the program i'm not exaggerating take my words very seriously this is what you're seeing being implemented in our in our nations i'm sure when we dropped the story of oxfordshire and the 15 minute city people were probably like 
Okay, that'll never come to Canada yeah. because <laughs> Canada is really spread yeah. out. I mean, we have a huge landmass, very small population. You know, Canada is probably the worst nation in the entire world to try and implement some of these things because it just doesn't make yeah. a lot of sense. Like when you get in America, they have a big city every two or three hours. Maybe it makes more sense in their context. Okay. But in Canada, I mean, in Winnipeg or in Manitoba, we have two big cities <laughs> and they're but hardly here, here's even, the thing even about big. Canada, though. Yeah. Here's the thing about Canada. 70% of Canada's population lives below the 49th parallel. Hmm. 70% of Canada's population. Yeah, interesting and enough, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. And then once you get, once you get down, not only below the 49th parallel, but once you start moving to like the Michigan area, whatever you, you have half of Canada's population is all Southern Ontario. But anyways, hmm. if we just look at from the border, yeah. so all I, I can't remember the exact number, but something something wild like eighty five percent of Canada lives within a certain distance of the the American border. It's so so. Yeah, I think it's ninety percent lives yeah, within a couple you hours. You don't have to worry about all of Canada. Yeah, you don't have to worry about all of Canada. What you need to do is you need to implement it in these concentrated areas, which will be easy, and then you have outliers like Edmonton's an outlier because it's far north and parts of you know, Quebec are outliers, right? So, but as long yeah, as you just Saskatoon. focus on these areas, mm -hmm. you're fine. Now, here's I, this, I don't. I was thinking about how do I set this up? Do I say devil's advocate? Not really, but here, but I found a better way. In this massive pile of manure, there's one little tiny gold nugget oh, that they're kind of touching at something that is 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 good here, which is I would also advocate for trying to be closer to the things that matter to you. I would say live close to your church. Don't commute an hour and a half. Live close to your church. Live close to your friends. Live close to where you work. And surround yourself. Live close to like-minded people who will be able to love and care for and support one another to be able to build parallel economies for the days ahead. So that's the little nugget there that they're, <laughs> they're touching at, which is, yes, I think there is wisdom in not traveling far, but it's for the exact opposite of why they're saying it. So they're saying everyone live close together so that we can control you like tyrants. Whereas I would say live close together to the people who are like-minded so that you cannot be controlled by tyrants, <laughs> but that you can be free in producing and providing because the reality is if you live 45 minutes away from your church, when the 15-minute city is implemented, because it wasn't mentioned as one of the six important factors, mm -hmm. you will not get your pass through the electronic gate for church. Mm -hmm. They're not going to let you through for we've church. Already seen, education. We've already yeah. seen it be uh, marked as unessential, right? We've already got mm -hmm. that warning shot across the bow. It happened throughout COVID. Church is not essential. That is not an essential reason for you to leave the district of West Edmonton. <laughs> okay, that's not essential. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do that determined by some government official, some bureaucrat somewhere. So you can't do it. Uh, or you've had, you've, hey, listen. I go to a Dutch Reformed church. We have two services. 
you've gone to one service. You don't have to go mm-hmm. to the afternoon one. No. Or you can if you guys stay there the whole day, though. You just can't go there. And yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which, I, I Which mean. Is tough. It's <laughs> tough to have your afternoon. It's tough to go home and have your afternoon nap. Yes, yeah. afternoon nap no then, exactly but, exactly so i want to so i so our, our audience might be thinking what on earth do we do about this how do we so i just want to mm-hmm. we, we got to be sure so that you when, you last yeah, word here yeah well, we <laughs> want to be sure though whenever we do our shows because we're coming with the news and some of it can be depressing and terrifying mm-hmm. we want to be able to say here's not only how you need to have the right worldview which is a great place to start but practically here's how you should operate and so if, if i could offer a bit of advice if if you will to people is i would say there is wisdom there's wisdom in maybe making a bit of an exit from the very large very metropolitan cities that are fairly close you know to the border that they that where that you'll see the 15 minute city come down first there might be there might not be but there might be some wisdom in thinking about moving outside of said areas because they're not going to have 15 minute cities outside of Toronto, but they will turn Toronto into one. And so there might be wisdom. And for a couple of reasons, number one, you can sell your house or your property in Toronto, right? You can sell your two bedroom shack for a million dollars and you can probably buy not only a nice bit of property, but also have quite a bit of money left over. And think about, it might be good for me to think about self-sustaining. It might be good for me to think about providing for myself. It might be good for me to think about not being locked into what will soon become these neo-Marxist commie zones. And so maybe think about leaving the bigger cities. Maybe think about a relocation. Maybe think about moving outside of where, and so you might be thinking, well, where do I go? What do I do? That is an excellent question. So if that's the case, you can you can email me. You can email me, churches at libertycoalitioncanada.com. And if you're if you're saying, you know what, Andrew, I have been thinking about this. I've been thinking maybe being right in the heart of downtown Toronto, not the greatest idea. We want to homeschool our kids. We want to send them to Christian school. It's going to be difficult for us to travel, to go to these places. Church is far away. The school is far away. Where do we go? What do we do? How do we? Great questions. Email me. Let me know. Because I, many of you, I know that many of you have been thinking about this because you have been emailing me. You've been emailing me asking me about this city, this area. Where can we go? Where can we move? What makes sense? Is there a church here? Continue to do that. We can help you find not only good churches, but recommend really, really great places in the country, in all provinces, where it might be wise to strategically relocate in light of some of the stuff that's that's coming financially for health for security for self-sustaining for provision for protection just i i want to offer a little bit of that and if you need some guidance on that let me know how i can help you navigate those waters and it's not what it isn't is it isn't running away it's not retreating it's not saying oh it's all bad i need to go out into the bush and start a commune that ends up turning into a cult. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you have resources, you have a family, you have things that you need to steward and be excellent with and need to prepare for the days ahead. And the truth is that in Mark 13, when Rome was about to be destroyed, when Rome was about to destroy Jerusalem and Jesus tells the Christians, when you see these things happening, 
Maybe you don't fall back to the city. Maybe you don't think that the, the walls will protect you. Maybe you need to relocate to the hills and the mountains outside of the city so that the church can grow and then actually re-infiltrate the city and affect the Roman Empire. So if, if, if it worked for the early church, a strategic relocation in order to thrive, to build up, and then to infiltrate and to advance the kingdom of God, maybe it works for us as well. That's kind of my final thoughts on some very practical things to be thinking about, to be wise. You've got to be wise with with the mm-hmm. times. Absolutely. Um, I, I love that advice. What do we have to do? We have to build and we have to fight. Mm-hmm. Till next time, Galatians 5.1. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch, a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.LibertyCoalitionCanada.com.